Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. Good morning, everyone. Let me make sure this is on. Can you hear me? Can I see hands if you can hear me? Uh, Hands if you're an extrovert? (laughs) Hands if you're an introvert? Wow, okay, that's a trick question. All the extroverts just subbed in for the introverts. Uh, it's okay. That's, that's helpful to know. Um, might be a little bit interactive at, from time to time during this sermon. So um, I'm so happy to be able to be here with everybody um, this morning, especially on Palm Sunday, um, as we prepare for a celebration next week as well. Um, and, oh, get a little bit of feedback. If you would, just go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 12. Psalm chapter 12. Now, I'm going to ha- take my phone out, but I promise I'm not going to text, okay? It's just so that I can see the time. Um, you know, just, just in case anyone's wondering. But uh, this morning, I wanted to ask you guys a question, especially with everything going on in our world. Who here, uh, which was mentioned just a bit ago, who here believes that we are in a bit more of a state of disarray as maybe a nation than we have been in a while. Anybody? Okay. I'm not the only one. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, my goodness, we're, um, we're on the verge of potentially a world war, maybe. You know, I, I don't like even saying that because I just so badly don't want that to be the case, right? Um, but it, the reality is it's just very, um, very hectic right now in the world. Um, and there's been so many other things going on. Who here has also been, oh, I think this is the problem. Okay. So, uh, I've had this thing happening where this little, uh, fuzzy piece of the mic is falling off like the whole, the whole time my wife was trying to help me adjust it. Um, so I think there's a little bit of feedback because of that. Okay. Yeah. I might even just turn this off and see if you can hear me. No? Okay, don't do it. All right. Okay. Well, um, anyway, there's, there's been so much uh, going on in our world, and I know um, who here has been kind of frustrated with how culture has gone? Anybody? Me? Introverts are in agreement probably, but they just won't <laughs> raise their hands, and that's okay. Uh, my wife's an introvert, so she's not raised her hand once, but she's laughing at me. So that's good. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I would agree. And praise God that and today we're going to talk about how no matter what is going on around us, we have a solid foundation in Jesus Christ. We have a solid foundation not only in, in just him and who he is, but his word, Right? So no matter how hectic and chaotic things get, we have a solid foundation in Him. So let's go ahead and look at uh, Psalm chapter 12 to get started. And I'm reading from the ESV. Um, if y'all, I don't know if y'all are using that or using an electronic translation or something. So starting in verse 1, it says, Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished. From among the children of man, everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. 
May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan. I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he belongs or longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. So I served in youth ministry for four and a half years as a youth pastor not too long back. And something I saw is that it was actually, who's familiar with Brookdale area? Usually you have to pass, you have to pass through it, <laughs> right? You have to pass through Brookdale to get to Lynchburg. Um, so I was doing ministry up in there for a while. And, you know, I actually did a lot of stuff with the Dan River Baptist Association around here um, with their youth committee and some youth events. Um, and something that you can really notice, especially from looking at youth culture, but this is not isolated to youth culture, um, is this trend where it's almost like just every single thing out there is trying to mold the minds of children. Have you noticed that? Like, like the, the, there's algorithms and these apps to basically just be like, what do you want to see? What do you like? And Unfortunately, uh, not to call anybody out necessarily, but sometimes really young kids get a hold of phones without any like guards or anything like that. And there's just a whole mess of stuff that can get to kids nowadays. And we're living in a more and more secularized nation and world. Um, would you all agree with that? Yeah. Um, some people still like really want to say, no, this is, <laughs> we're a Christian country. Um, no. We're not anymore, unfortunately. Um, by name, maybe. Uh, and yes, you know, we're not, I'm not getting into an argument about the founding of the country and the intent of all that. I'm just saying the state of the country right now is very negative toward Christianity, negative toward truth, even. There is um, a popular understanding out there that you can just believe whatever you want to believe. I was talking with my wife on the way up here about some churches now that call themselves Christian churches <clears throat> and they literally will preach that you can believe whatever you want about who Jesus is. Your interpretation of who Jesus is is what matters. Who you are, the person, the individual matters above all else, above all truth that we've been given from God. Now, while people are valuable, of course, um, and people's experiences are valuable, what are we sacrificing if we're telling people that they can just do whatever they want? We're sacrificing a lot of things that were given in Scripture um, from the Lord to help protect us from harm. Uh, a lot of times, sin, um, like you know how the Bible talks a lot about you know, not doing things that are sinful. Uh, and whenever nowadays you try to tell people, this is not good or this will be harmful, you're actually the bad guy, right? Um, and I always tell people, God doesn't just tell us not to do things just because he wants to hold it over our heads. 
you know, or just because he wants to make life, um, <coughs> excuse me, more difficult. He does these things because they practically also help us out with life, right? For instance, getting drunk is practically not good. <laughs> Am I right? Like, thank the Lord that he, he encourages us not to do that, not to get drunk, because you can do really foolish things when you're drunk, right? It, it, it makes you lose your senses. Um, so this passage here um, just reminds me of what I'm seeing in a lot of, like, teens' lives, um, which is really just a bigger reflection of the whole culture in and of itself, that there are so many influences that are negative or anti-Christianity that are being fueled and, and just flooded into people's minds from usually uh, media devices, uh, TV, whatever it is. But um, obviously this is a different context. This is a uh, thousand or so years ago. Uh, but at the end of this passage, it says something that I really want to focus on today. I'll just read it again. It says in verse 6, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground. Purified seven times. Do you know what it means to be purified seven times? Why would, he, why would they say that? Seven is the number, at least it's understood to be the number of perfection, especially biblically. So it is the purest form of the words that we can receive. It's the purest form of truth that we can have are God's words. It even says like silver refined in a furnace. Um, so you have this reference in the New Testament as well as um, our faith. So you have God's words here being talked about, being refined like precious metals, like something that is just so precious. And also our faith in the New Testament is talked about um, as being refined by fire uh, through trials, something that is imperishable. So in verse 7, it says, You, O Lord, will keep them. Your will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. So no matter what is going on around us, no matter what is happening in our lives, who here has had like a really difficult situation since COVID-19 happened? Anybody? No? Okay. <laughs> well, now all the introverts are really showing Showing themselves. Well, I know COVID-19 was really difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people have been lost because of COVID-19. Just as January, my grandpa passed because of it. And one of my closest friends, dad, uh, passed away just weeks after that. Just devastating, you know, what's been going on. Um, so no matter what is going on in life, we always have the solid foundation of Jesus. The Lord is always there, but not only that, His words are always there. How wonderful it is that we have this book, right, that has been preserved over a couple thousand years for us. A lot of times people will say, oh, I just wish that God, like I wish He could comfort me more personally. I wish that He would just show up or that He would just do this or that or answer all of my prayers the way that I'd like. Well, He has given us a lot of guidance. Would you agree? Um, it's interesting. Uh, I think that we can be very quick when we have trials 
and tribulations to be frustrated with God instead of just taking time to reflect on and turn to His Word that He's given us. His pure truth that He's given us and preserved for us over a few thousand years. What a wonderful thing. Um, so let's go ahead and move to uh, Psalm 18.2. Psalm 18.2. And this is just a quick little um, snippet here of this chapter, but it says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Now let's look at this verse and just kind of ask ourselves, is the Lord these things for us? Is He our stronghold? Is He our fortress? Do we consider Him our rock? Think of that imagery. I like to think of a rock in the middle of a, a raging sea or storm. Like, um, kind of, If you, you can also think of it as um, Jesus walking on water, right? When the, the goal there is to keep their eyes on Jesus, right? And uh, I believe it was Peter, when he takes his eyes off Jesus... What happens? <laughs> he falls in, right? But there's this raging storm around him. There's this raging circumstance around him. And once he took his eyes off Jesus, he just goes in. And it's deep water. This is like a storm where they thought they were going to die, right? Like they were bracing for their lives in this storm. This was no calm water <laughs> that Peter was asked to walk out on. Imagine like... 10 to 12 foot waves or 15 foot waves at least, like just rocking a boat, you know. Has anyone ever been on a really unsturdy boat in a storm? Okay, I have not, thankfully. But, uh, you know, bless you all for going through that experience. But is it terrifying? Right? Yeah, I bet it is. So imagine being in a much smaller boat, probably, a much less secure boat um, that these disciples were on and Jesus is walking out in the middle of it. And he asks, he asks Peter to come to him. And when he does, he's able to do something that doesn't make any sense. Right? He's able to... Do you all remember that? Like, it wasn't just Jesus walking on the water. Right? It wasn't just Jesus. So his faith and his focus on the solid rock, right? On Jesus that solid rock in the midst of that storm, that is what kept him up, right? That's what kept him from drowning. That's what kept him from danger. Um, so do we have that kind of faith? And, uh, you know, I, I think that it's easy to say that we do, um, generally speaking, but, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, when some terrible stuff has gone on in my life or... Um, just a, a total whirlwind. I haven't always focused like I should on Jesus immediately. Am, am I the only one? Is there other people here who can confess to that? Okay, cool. One person. <laughs> I'm in good company. That's great. Thank you, the one in the back who uh, was honest. <laughs> the, well, the, the thing is, they don't. You know, they're in the back, so no one will see. So they're like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> um, I think that this is 
this is something that we do struggle with, generally. I think it is because we're, we're people, we have sin nature, um, and we are often tempted to, in our storms or in these difficult times or when stuff uh, around us is uncertain, we tend to go to something else for our foundation. Has anyone ever had kind of old foundations in your life, things that you used to um, trust in more that you kind of flock to, right? I know that this has happened with, with several people and myself sometimes back you know, years ago. But there are certain things in our lives and certain things around us in our culture that are saying, you don't need Jesus. You can just do the self-help, right? You don't need to trust in the Lord. You can just kind of make up your own religion, right? Or what about this thing? It's almost like a, a, a voice in your head like, what about this? You could just go do this. You go watch streaming services for hours on end for a few weeks and you'll get over your problem, right? <laughs> Anyone else stream stuff maybe too much? Okay, cool. I'm not, I'm not the only one. I've worked on it though. But yeah, there's certain things that battle for our attention and battle to be that foundation in our lives. So we have to make sure that we are fastened closely with um, Jesus and his word. So that means that um, if we are never in God's word, it's more likely that we're going to be able to be drawn away from faithfulness to him when stuff does get difficult. Am I right? Like that, that is something that I have seen proven in my life and others' lives is when the, the word of God, this pure truth that we're given, is no longer a presence in our lives. It's not able to do its work in our lives. Not that it can't, but we're just not spending time. Think of it like we're not spending time at the living waters of, of the well of the Lord, right? We're not spending time getting fed. The Bible often references God's Word um, as something that is more precious than food, right? Than daily food. What does Jesus do when He is tempted in the wilderness? When, when Satan's asking Him uh, or challenging Him through temptation to do certain things, what does He usually respond with? The Word of God, right? And what does He say? The first response. What was that? Yes, right? He references God's Word. He said it is written. And what does he say? That every man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Yeah. That means something, right? That means that we cannot live our spiritual life well without His Word. Right? We can't. And um, I know that there's so many temptations in our lives to kind of just tell us that we can, that we, we can just read it, you know, once every few months, we'll be fine. Once every year, we'll be fine. There's a reason why the Bible says that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the bone and marrow, right? The, the, close, the most innermost parts of our body and soul. The Word of God is living and active. Are you allowing it to do stuff in your life? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit of God 
to mold and transform your mind, to be renewed in the Holy Spirit through His Word, right? Um, if it weren't for the Bible, if it weren't for God's Word and His truth and its lastingness, it even says in Proverbs that the Word of God proves true. Always. It proves true. And I've found that to become such a truth for my own life. Because no matter how much I try to test the Word of God, no matter how much I kind of falter on it or things it asks me to do, I'll eventually learn the hard way and find out, and this has happened, I should have just trusted what He said. Right? Maybe I tried to find my own way around an issue in Scripture or something that's kind of a difficult problem, but then what it says will be a result usually happens. Right? And I'm able to see it and witness it. So is God's Word that type of treasure for us? So that we can have a firm hold on the rock of our salvation. Um, so that we can continuously keep our eyes focused on Jesus because the Word of God points to Him, right? Old to New Testament. Jesus even said this to disciples, right? When He had been raised to life, He told them that the Old Testament also points to Him. The Law, the Prophets. So let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I have to turn there too, so you have time. <laughs> Oops. I'm not texting. <laughs> My phone just did something weird on me. I need to be able to see the time. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7, we'll go to verse 24 through 27. Verses 24 through 27. So it says here, everyone then who hears these words of mine, and this is just following several different teachings that Jesus gives. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So let's make sure that our faith is built on the rock, the firm foundation, not on sand. The world around us today wants to encourage us to abandon those truths and build and rebuild a new foundation. There's a lot of deconstructing faith happening. Have you heard about a lot of that happening with, with people, anybody? Um, there's a lot of people like some famous worship leaders or pastors leaving the faith or maybe not fully leaving the faith, but like they're, what, what causes them to do that is this general encouragement and culture to deconstruct, to not trust authority, right? To kind of reverse engineer our beliefs to where we strip it all down and then 
make sure that we are comfortable with and can personally fully accept whatever those truths are that we want to take on, right? It's a, it's a just basically demolition of Christian faith is what's being encouraged. Because if uh, one of the things that happens a lot with, with that trend or that movement is people, they will lose their trust in God's word, its authority. The big slippery slope, right? They'll be like, oh, I don't know if I can trust this. And they'll usually, um, I mean, I think there's really good evidence to trust the Bible. Um, and we don't have to go into all that right now. But they will be, their faith will be dismantled essentially because they think, oh, maybe I can't trust it. Maybe I can't trust it. But we can trust it. It proves itself true. And that happens through life. It happens through actually living out our faith. We can see whether that will come true or not. Um, these different promises uh, just within our own lives. Like we're, we're told that we're going to be given a new mind. Uh, we're going to be renewed in the Holy Spirit. We're going to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. These things, these fruits of God's work in our lives are going to show themselves and authenticate personally to us without all the other you know, more academic evidence going on to trust in, in Scripture, we can see that happen in our own lives personally when God moves and transforms our lives, right? So, if we look a little bit before uh, this passage in Matthew, we can look at um, verses 13 through 23. It's interesting because, so Jesus here is saying, trust my words. He is um, talking about starting out on a firm foundation, uh, building your faith on his word, on him. He is the revealed word of God and the flesh. So verses 13 through 23, uh, before I read this, I'll just say, when I was in youth group, my youth pastor shared a sermon with us by Paul Washer. Have you ever heard of that guy? Paul Washer, he's, <laughs> thank you, one on the back. Yeah, Paul Washer, he's, I mean, he's a pretty solid, good preacher, kind of an animated guy, <laughs> right? Um, very serious when he preaches. Um, but he gave this message, and it was called, uh, I think it was something along the lines of the, the greatest youth message ever preached or something, or something like that, I don't know. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> you know, as a high school student. So he was at this conference um, in the video, and he was preaching to just this giant group of youth kids, you know, high schoolers, I think, or maybe even college. And um, he basically goes through this passage that we're about to read. And he says, uh, you know, everyone's kind of laughing. He makes a joke, uh, or he, like, is talking about which is a very intense passage, and he ends up saying, why are you laughing? I'm talking about some of you. So we often do this thing um, where we read Scripture or we hear someone reading it, and we kind of implant ourselves as the perfect like, subject, right? We, we kind of make ourselves the hero of the story, right? Like, we are all set. So let's look at this passage and let's be very just open and honest to what the Holy Spirit 
wants to do with our hearts as we read this passage. Because this is actually the one sermon and passage of Scripture that got me serious about my faith. Does that make sense? Like, I was basically going to youth group (laughs) because of a girl, okay? I admit it. Sorry, Katie. Um, She already knows. (laughs) So I was going because of this girl. And I was like, this was shown on our youth retreat. I was having a blast, you know. Um, It was great to have friends in the youth group. But it was also great to just kind of have this, I can be a part of this. I can receive the blessings of this. Uh, I can have fun, but I don't have to be serious about it because I'm just a kid. You know what I'm saying? I'm just a kid. I don't need to be like that serious. This is, there's no greater lie ever perpetuated in American culture than kids don't need to worry until they're like past college. Have you all kind of gotten that feel, right? There's almost like a, oh, you know, you go make your mistakes. (laughs) Some of those mistakes cost people a lot for a a long time, right? Some of those mistakes uh, are permanent, right? There's just this huge lie, like we, let's not be a part of that. Can we, can we agree? Like, let's be intentional with our young people, right? Never more, or ever, never before has there been more of a need for people within churches to be discipling their kids. Do you, you want to know a secret about discipleship? So when Jesus gave the Great Commission, don't worry, we'll get back to this Matthew passage. When Jesus gave the Great Commission, what did he say? He said, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them. Teaching them all that I've commanded you. I think that one of the, you know, I've been, I've been to dozens of churches. I've done work at churches around here and been literally told um, by church boards and members, what do we do? They, they, they come to me or others and they're like, they literally say, what do we do to have a successful youth ministry? What do we do because no kids are coming to church? Have you all felt something like that around this area? Right? Like, what do we do? I think that we need to make disciples. I think that we need to open up the whole church to being disciple makers. And I think that we need to humble ourselves to, to realize that someone who is younger or older than us could speak into our lives, right? Because you, you just never know. People are at different places and people have different experiences and people learn things differently from the Lord. And maybe... Maybe you've been going to church for 50 years, but maybe someone who's in their 20s and maybe not as far along has something to teach us, right? So with that being said, just the seriousness of our people matter, right? Discipleship matters. The youth matter. And this youth message that was given that kind of just rocked my world, you know, uh, is something I, I wanted to just share the passage here today um, as we wrap up. So it's, again, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23. Um, so it says, 
enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit it's, is uh, cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So did you catch that? On that day, the final day of judgment, unfortunately, the Lord says it's going to be a reality that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to actually be going to heaven. So there are people who get deceived, and there's a lot of deceivers in our world right now preaching false truths and preaching that there is no truth, trying to turn people's hearts away from the Lord trying to tell them they can be Christians and not really believe the gospel. like That's real. So, continuing, verse 22, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many, um, um, many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of all lawlessness. So we see in this passage that Jesus is talking about the fruit of trees. Do we have good fruit in our lives? Do we have the, the fountain of God's Word feeding our lives? Do we have the Holy Spirit of God working and moving in us? Are we doing things for the Lord? Are we doing more than, than just kind of coming to church? Which is good, right? But are we doing more than that? Are there people around us who need to hear the truth of the gospel? One of the most convicting things in the world is to think, man, think of the people within a football field of your house. Have you ever tried talking to them? That gets convicting, doesn't it? Have we ever tried to actually share truth with them or even know their name? Shame on us if we can't love our neighbor as ourselves, right? Because that's one of the It's one of the great commandments. But first, we need to make sure we're loving God so that we're equipped and able to do these things, right? That we're in a relationship that's thriving with the Lord. And that is important if you need to take time to do that and get yourself right with the Lord before you go and do these things. You don't want to do them just to do work, right? You want to do them with purpose, um, with the Holy Spirit guiding you. So it also said there at the end that he will say to some, depart from me, I never knew you. Do you want to be that person? No, no one does, right? So let's make sure, just like we we did communion today, that we examine our hearts, that we know that we are 
in relationship with Jesus, is there fruit in our lives showing that? Because there will be if we are. And I want to also encourage us and just remind us that why we can refer to Jesus as the rock, why we, we can refer to His words as pure, right? why we can trust that when the storms of our life are raging or the world around us, that we look at Jesus and we will not sink and we focus on Him. Why we can do that is because He has won the victory. Amen? Yeah. He has won the victory for us. He has paid the price. He has sacrificed Himself. God loves us so much that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That is the most precious message on the earth right now. There's a lot of competing messages. Is that our most precious message? Is that something that we cherish so much that we can call Jesus our rock and foundation, the very ground we stand on, the only thing we can fully trust in this world? Does it matter that much to us? So let's go ahead and have a time of prayer, and uh, I believe we'd have some music as well in a minute. <clears throat> and in this time, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also just kind of speak. So just go ahead and bow your head, close your eyes. I want to challenge us again. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what's uh, falling around us, no matter what blessings in our life have disappeared, no matter what job we may have lost, no matter how many people we've lost, no matter what we're going through, can we confidently say that even in those times and now, we stand firm on the rock, the solid rock and foundation of our faith. Lord, I pray that you would just um, encourage the hearts of everyone here this morning to trust in you. And if there is anyone today that needs prayer, if there is anyone today who needs to repent and turn from their sin and trust in you as their salvation, their Savior, their Lord, their Redeemer, that they would do so today and not wait, that they would talk to me or one of the, the deacons or elders here um, after this so that we can just encourage them and help them on that path Lord, I pray that they would turn today, that they would not be one of those that Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Help us to know you, Lord. Help us to trust in your pure words. Help us to not waver. Keep our eyes on you in the storm. Because you are our solid rock, our firm foundation. Lord Jesus, it's in your name that I pray and hope that we are guided by your spirit today and the rest of this week. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at fccsobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.